You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill that purpose and live that life that God has originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Lord, what an honor and a privilege to bring God's word to God's people. Um, the Bible says that no man takes this honor to himself except to him that it has been given. So when, when the Lord chooses you to bring his word, you are privileged. It's an honor. It's not something that we should take lightly. So I really give God um, all the praise and all the glory. And ask for his grace, for the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. So that at the end of the day, only the Lord will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Um, we're going to be going straight into the word of God. And I want us to look at John chapter, John chapter 4. We will be reading from verse 20. John chapter 4 from verse 20. So this was the account of um, um, the encounter that our Lord had with the woman at the well. Samaria called Sica. And the Lord, you know, was going to, he was on his way to, um, where was he going now? Was he Judea? Where was he going? But he needed to go through Samaria. That's what um, verse 1 says. He needed, I don't, can't remember where he was going, but he needed to go through Samaria. And he stopped by a well called Sica. And he met, um, there was a woman who came to draw water whom he met, and then they engaged in conversation. I, I want to believe that if we're Christians, you know, a lot of us have, would have read this um, particular passage of, 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 of scriptures. And so in verse 20, um, Jesus asked, you know, sorry, the woman was asking Jesus, he said, you do say that in the, on this mountain, that's where we should worship God, and then we say that this is where you should worship God. And in verse 20, she, she says, our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That's where we're stopping for now. 
The King James Version will say, God is a spirit. The New King James says, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can go back to New King James because I like um, when they use um, capital for God. Yes, him. But I always have a problem with people writing, you know, referring to God and using a small letter. I always have a problem with it. I always have a problem with it. So, yes. So, let's stick with um, the New King James. Now, okay. So, what was going on here? This woman was saying to Jesus that your father say that on this mountain is where we should, you know, our father said that this is where we should worship. But your own father say that in Jerusalem is the place to worship. So, Jesus was trying to tell the woman that the time is coming when you will neither on that mountain or on this mountain worship the father. In other words, you could worship, it's okay, it may be okay, or it's possible that we can worship God on that mountain, on this mountain, or here, or in Wuse Market. You know, the issue is not about where, about the place of worship, but the manner in which you worship. Praise the Lord. Because it says... That the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Because God is a spirit. So it's not about a physical location. That's what he was trying to tell the, the woman. It's not about a physical location now. We've gone past that level of physical location. I go to this church, I go to that church. No, that's not what we're talking about now. It's not about the church that you attend. It's not about the fellowship that you attend. It is about how you worship the father. And please, when we say worship, we're not talking about praise and worship that we do in church. Praise the Lord, somebody. We're not referring to our praise and worship. That is part of worship. But worship is a lifestyle. That's what worship is. It's a lifestyle that is totally devoted to the Lord. So Jesus was trying to make this woman understand that we have moved we have shifted from a, 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 a location to to a mindset it's no longer about a location it's about what is happening on the inside of you so paul in philippians chapter 3 verse 3 begins to say that we are the circumcision that worship who worship god in the spirit we rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have no confidence in the flesh. We don't have any confidence in the flesh. This circumcision who worship God in the spirit. And that's what the Lord Jesus was trying to tell this woman. That worship is to be done in the spirit. In the Old Testament, yes, you were allowed to go to a certain place to worship. That's why also, I believe, I believe, I'm not very sure, but um, there's some churches who have stopped saying um, surely, you know that prayer we pray at the end the pastor hasn't allowed us to pray it in a long while surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell some of them don't say I shall dwell some of them said I am the house of the Lord you know that's true you are his temple in the new testament we, become, we became or we become his temple so God lives in you so the temple is not necessarily where you go to it is who lives in you. So you become his temple. Know ye not that you are. Your body is what? The temple of the Holy Ghost. He lives in us. 
And, and I, don't, I don't know why pastor, you know, stopped us from praying, you know, from confessing that at the end of service. But I kind of ha- have an idea. Because when you read that scripture, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. When Paul says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's where it ends. The other one is actually in Psalms. I hope you know. Surely goodness and mercy was something that we added to this. And, and what happens, there's nothing wrong with it. But what happens is that when you keep, when you're saying it, all that is in your heart is surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You're, you're forgetting the communion of the Holy Spirit. You forget the grace of the Lord Jesus that you need throughout the day. Then you forget the love of God. And then you forget the communion. And all you're thinking about is surely goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy. Nothing wrong with goodness and mercy. I need goodness and mercy. Praise the Lord. Nothing wrong with it. But it takes away from what Paul was saying here. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to say, say it however he wants to say it. So it says we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. We have no confidence in the flesh. And Paul began to say that if anybody should even have confidence in the flesh, that he is the most qualified. He's the most qualified. And then he began to read out his CV. When you go home, you can read Philippians chapter 3. It's long. He began to read out his CV. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was Jew of the Jews. This and that and that. He concerning um, zeal, persecuting the church. There was nothing that, 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 that Saul or Paul did not do. But you see, he now ended it by saying, but all of these things I count but what? Dung. Rubbish. Somebody said, a man of God said that you see all those our certificates that we hang in our offices. I have I have some in my office. Said all those things there, that they are dung. Because you cannot put your confidence in them. That's what, not that they are wrong, not that they are bad, but your confidence cannot be in them. And that's why he was telling the Jews, you people, you want us to be circumcised. So that it will show that we are actually Jews. He said, no, it's not about the circumcision of the flesh. We're talking about the circumcision that is inward, that is done by the spirit of God. So this morning, we're going to be looking at a, a theme, you know, or a, a message. We're, we're, already, <laughs> we're already preaching the message that I've titled, The Circumcision Who Worship God in the Spirit. The Circumcision Who Worship God in the Spirit. Or you could title it, The Real Believers. The Real Believers. The Real Believers. Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The spirit gives life. And so Paul, when he said, we are the circumcision, that means we're a different brand. We worship God in the spirit we rejoice in Christ Jesus in the finished work of Calvary and we have no confidence in our flesh we don't have confidence in anything that we have achieved in this life those things are good those things are excellent but our confidence is in none of them that's what Paul was saying so I have money fantastic like we need money now 
But is my confidence in the money I have? No. For me personally, when I have money, I become afraid. Because it doesn't, it doesn't do anything to me. I don't even remember it. Because you, you can't carry, you know, it's, it's in your account, right? Are you carrying it? Oh. But there are a few people that money gives confidence. Once they make some money, they start, you know. But Paul is saying that he's not one of those. And that's who you and I want to become in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So I want us this morning to look at the, the characteristics of those who worship God in the spirit. The first scripture we'll look at will be John chapter 3 from verse 3. John 3, 3, 3 to 5. This was Nicodemus. He had gone to see Jesus. He went by night to see Jesus. And he was asking Jesus, you know, about the good works that he's doing. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want us to just see the progression. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Okay, let's read six. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Okay? The wind blew it. Okay, that's fine. Okay? So, characteristics of those who worship the circumcision, who worship God in the spirit. Because I need us, as we're looking at this, that we'll be checking ourselves. Remember, we came to church, right? We came to, no, we came to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They are born of the spirit. They are not just born again. They are born of the spirit. There is a difference between being born again. We will see it now from scripture. And being born of the spirit. When you are born again. Yes you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But you need to go a step further. To receive the Holy Spirit. Now there is the spirit within. And then there is the spirit upon. I hope we know. The spirit within, you receive the Holy Spirit when your heart is pure before God and you accept him as your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit comes into you, okay? Then in, in, in Acts chapter, chapter 1, they receive the spirit upon. Remember before Jesus left, Jesus, had said, Jesus said to them, he said, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. He said to them, Receive in John chapter, I'm not sure. It says receive the Holy Spirit. So they had received the Holy Spirit. But in Acts, they received the Spirit upon. And the Spirit within helps you to bear the fruit, to, to, to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit upon helps you to do the works of God. Those are those miracles that we see, signs and wonders. Is the Spirit coming upon you. The Spirit within helps your human spirit so that you can live like a believer. Praise the Lord. Is it making sense to somebody? Okay. But it's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. He's not different. Praise the Lord. So we said characteristic number one is that they are born of the Spirit. They have a genuine encounter 
They have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. They are not, you know, there's some people you ask, are you born again? And then they're, they're wondering, yes, yes. So somebody say, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a, once they say I'm a born again, check it. It's not just that I'm a born again. It's that I am born again. You know, you say it with all confidence because you can remember the day that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There are, there are people who can't remember. They say, hey, sometime, hey, they, they should, you know, you should know. It's like someone saying, I don't know my birthday. Although there are people who don't know. But you should know when you got born again. If you really, really got born again. Because you must have had an encounter. There must have been something that shifted in your life. Praise the Lord. So they are born again. Not just. You know, they're not just born again. But they are born of the spirit of God. It says the one who is born again. He can see the kingdom of God. But the one who's born of the spirit is the one that can enter. If you're standing at Barnex. And someone is trying to point to the father's church. You know you can't see it. Can you see the father's church from Barnex? No, you can't. If you're standing at the gate, can you see this place? This gate. Ahmed, this is our gate. If you're standing outside the gate, you can see this place. If the gate is closed, can you enter? So even though you're born again, Jesus speaking, you're born again so you can see the kingdom of God. You're seeing it. You're outside the gate. You can see it. But for you to be able to enter, then you have to be born of the spirit. Is it making sense to somebody? Because we're going somewhere. By the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So before we continue, let me just show you um, from another scripture, you know, use that to illustrate what I'm trying to say. If you can open with me to, okay, Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 in the message. What I'm trying to bring out here is that being born again is one level. Being born of the spirit is another level. It says, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him, arriving at a quiet place. He sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You can go back to King James now. So these, these were the people who were committed to him. And then he took them to, to, to the top of a mountain. And he began to speak to them. But you know what? Please, let's just pause. Was Judas part of, part of this team? Judas was there. So let's assume that they were born again then. So was Judas born again then? But what happened in the end? I just want to point out something to you that one can be born again. May have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But may not be born of the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord. Let me read you another scripture. 
Acts chapter 2 verse 47. Praising God, remember this was after Peter, um, Pentecost had taken place. Peter stood and preached. He says, and, and people, you know, a lot of a multitude gave their lives to Christ. He said, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Okay? Those who were being saved, the Lord added to them. Please go with me to... Um, Acts chapter 4, verse 32, 32 to 37. It says, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Let's go. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them. We're going to 37. Now, was there anyone among them who lacked? For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Praise the Lord. Now, please go to Acts chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. Let's just establish something so we can keep going. 5. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a, a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own? Was it not in your own control? Why have you deceived? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So, so great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And then, of course, the wife too came. And then they asked the wife, was this property sold for so much? And she said, yes, lied with her husband and she fell down and died. Okay, so this is where I'm going with all of this scripture that we're reading. That Ananias and Sapphira were part of the multitude who gave their lives to Christ, who were added to the church. Barnabas sold his property. He brought the money. Ananias and Sapphira, they were all members of the same church. They sold theirs. They kept back some. They lied to the Holy Spirit. Is it making sense to somebody? That it's not enough that you gave your life to Christ. What matters is that you are born of the Spirit. Now let's look at Acts chapter 11. Let's look at 21 to 24. So we understand what we're talking about this morning. Because I see that this is the challenge that we've had. You know, in the church. When I mean church, I'm not talking about the Father's church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Where you see certain things that some Christians do. And you're like, well, you're a Christian. So the Lord has started to give me understanding. Acts 11. It says, and the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to who? The first one in Acts chapter 2. It said they were added to the church. They were added to the church. These ones turned to the Lord. Are you seeing the difference? 
so that as we are all here, all of us are here, there's some people, you know, when they say added to the church, it's like you're part of the statistics. So in a church, they can say they have 10,000 um, members. And another church, they have 20,000. In the eyes of God, he's not counting those numbers. What God is seeing is, is, uh, are those people there who are born of his spirit. I think the Lord wants to, wants to change our mindset. Because we keep counting numbers. Numbers are good if everyone in that place, in that congregation, is born of the spirit of God. But if, if they're just church members, in, 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 in the eyes of God, they don't count. I hope you understand that. Let's continue. Verse 22. It says, the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. Okay. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with one purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Let's read verse. So, for he was a good man. This is talking about Barnabas. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to who? So, the people in Acts chapter 2 were added to? Please answer me. They were added to? But not all of them were added to. Are you seeing the difference? They were added to the church. And you know, that's what we celebrate. That's what Christians celebrate now. That people are being added to the church. I used to be there. I used to be that person. And I would always pray, Lord, add to your church. Because he added to the church daily those that should be saved. Yeah, it's good. It's one step. But the main prayer should be as the Lord adds to his church. Let, let, them, let those people be added to the Lord. Because when they are added to the Lord, nothing can move them. Nothing can shift you. When you're only added to a church, once the pastor doesn't smile at you, you leave the church. Somebody drops you on the wrong side. You leave the church. When you're added to the Lord, you don't go nowhere. Except the Holy Spirit says. If you read Acts chapter 13. They said as they prayed and as they ministered to the Lord. The Lord, the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me. Pastor preached preach this message sometime, you know, recently. Separate unto me. Paul and... And is it Barnabas? For the, for the work that I have for them. says separate. So they went as the Holy Spirit sent them. Question I ask a lot of people. The church you're starting, who sent you? The ministry that you're starting, who sent you? Did you leave your church out of offense to start another church? Because the Holy Spirit said separate unto me. They ministered to the Lord. They fasted. We're fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, separate. It was obvious that it was the Holy Spirit who said. I tell people, you can't live out of offense. If you leave any church because they offended you, 
It means that you never came to the Lord. You came to the church. You know these days, eh? The church and the nightclub, I hope you know they look alike now. See lights now. See lights. See the way this place is bright now. And then the congregation is a bit dark. Did you see our dance steps? There's nothing with, you understand? All the moves they make in, in the, you know, bay body. Are we not dancing them in church? I, I'm not saying they're wrong, go. The devil did not create anything. But though all those moves they make there, we dance them here in church. Most of the people will learn their dance steps. Are they Christians? Let's just tell ourselves the truth. I'm not judging anybody because I dance them too. I'm trying to say something. That the church and the nightclub are looking alike. So that when people come to them, it's just a change of location. So you only change locations. But your heart did not go with you. You move from the nightclub. Now we're in church. Uh -uh. Oh boy, you can leave that nightclub. Now just come to church. If they play, their music is good. And we groove in that church. And then we miss out on the main thing that God wants to accomplish. Which is getting you to be born of the spirit. Praise the Lord. So these ones were added to the Lord. That's the difference. When you look at the lives of the apostles, you will see what they did. They don't have two heads. They don't. It's because a lot of us have not come to this understanding. So when we read about them, we're like, wow, see what they did. But Jesus told us, he said, he said greater works than these shall you do. He says, because I go to my father. Remember that when Jesus was on earth, he could, be, he could only be in one place at, at the same time. He said, I'm going to my father because when I go to my father, I will send the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will indwell each of you, all of you. Everybody, everyone will be a carrier of the Holy Spirit. So where you, wherever you step in, Jesus is there. So it shouldn't be difficult. You should do more. Because I couldn't, I couldn't be in many places. This one will me. Jesus, do this one for me. I know that there was, there, was, there was someone, Jairus. I believe it was, was it Jairus or the centurion? No, I think it's the centurion. Who said to Jesus, my, my, um, my servant is, is lying down ill. And said to Jesus, just speak a word. I'm also, I'm a man under authority. But many of them, they needed Jesus to be present. Jesus said to them, these things I'm doing. They're as, 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 as great as they are. You can do greater. Because you people are more in number. When I go, because I go to my father. When I go, all I'll be doing is, is that I'll be interceding for you. Praying for you. And I will send the Holy Spirit and then I'll be there interceding for you. Nothing should be difficult for us. If we understand what it means to be born of the spirit. 
Praise the Lord. So that was the difference. Some were added to the church. Others were added to the Lord. Another characteristic of of those that are born of the Spirit, of those that are, that that worship God, you know, the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Okay, we already said they they are born of the Spirit. They have they, they have a genuine encounter with the Lord. They have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Paul said that when he he did when when God when he pleased. It pleased the Lord to reveal, you know, this to him. When he pleased God to reveal his son, Jesus Christ, in Galatians chapter 1, I believe verse 16. He said he did not confer with flesh and blood. He didn't go around telling people, ah, do, you know what I, do you know what I experienced? No, 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 no. He had to spend time with the Lord. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You cannot overemphasize that. You can't do anything as a Christian without the Holy Spirit. I hope you know. The Bible talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. It says how God anointed Jesus. And pastor told us that the reason they didn't add Jesus Christ there is so that you can add your name. Say Jesus of Nazareth. They didn't say Jesus Christ. It means that you can say how God anointed Ahmed of Abuja with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Could have said how God anointed Jesus Christ. But it's for you, it's for me. Jesus of Nazareth, Chinese of Abuja, of Nigeria, with the Holy Ghost and with power. We said the spirit within, the spirit upon. Who went about doing good? When you do good, you're manifesting the fruit of the spirit. And then when you heal, is the spirit upon, the power to heal the sick. Praise the Lord. So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, who are we? Not to need the Holy Spirit. So we must develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit. These people are full of faith and they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Romans 8 verse 14, it says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. They have power with God. Okay? And I've mentioned who they are not. They are not just people who were added to the church. They are not like Ananias and Sapphira. They are not like Simon the sorcerer. In Acts chapter, chapter 8, Simon the sorcerer saw what the, 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 the apostles were doing. And Simon the sorcerer said, ah, I need this thing. And he got born again. After he got born again, Acts chapter 8 from verse 9 to 23. When he saw that as the apostles laid hands on people, they were, they were speaking in tongues. He just brought out money. That's to show you. Was he, was he born of the spirit? He brought out money. If he had had koinonia with the Holy Spirit, he would have known that they don't, this one, they don't buy it with money. He brought out money, he offered them. And they told him, say, your money perish with you. They think he can buy the gift of God with money. They don't purchase this with money. That's why Paul said, we have the circumcision that we're of, eh? We don't have any confidence in the flesh. Praise the Lord. It's not about our money. It's not about our intellect. It's not about our eloquence. See, demons, they don't understand English. A man of God said, even if I say devil, devils, devil comes out. He 
said the devil must came out. Too. Devil came out. It's, it's not English. They don't, they don't respect oratory. They don't ex, uh, respect uh, uh, eloquence. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I like people who speak well. I don't like people who blow up both down left, right, and said, I don't like it. No, I like the people. I don't like the obo. I don't like the town. But in spiritual matters, if you like, be blowing, bullet, mm, people are ducking. That's not. Jesus came out like this. The demon said, Son of Son of God, why are you tormenting us? He had not said a word. He says, you believe in God, you do well. Even the demons, they believe and they what? They tremble. He just came out. They began to say, ah, son of, please, 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 now, please. Our time has not yet come. Now, don't cast us out. Paul came on the scene. And Paul began to cast them out. Then the seven sons of Sceva, they must have been professors. Because all son, senior advocate of Nigeria. Because they came out and said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And the demon said, eh. In the name of of Jesus whom Paul preaches the Jesus they don't know they heard Paul preaching they saw what Paul was doing they felt ah, we what stops us here now the Bible says that the demons is it there he says and the man in whom the evil spirit was what did he do he leaped up leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they what? They fled out of that house, naked and wounded. You think they just wake up, and they start, start casting and binding. Do you cast and bind your cousins? They know where you people met last night, you want to cast them out, they will deal with you. They say, boy, come, who are you? Have I told you people what my sister did to her friend? Both of them that used to behave anyhow, they went to a church. As soon as they entered the church, the lady went and knelt down and began, hey, the sister said, ah, they talk like this. And I was in that church that day, pastor and I were sitting at the altar. I was wondering, because I had to ask her after, why were you looking at her? She was looking at her like this. Then she tapped her. Ah, what is all this? That one was going. Why is it that that again? What are you doing? After the service, I now call my sister. What is it? Why were you doing that? He said, This one, that she knows what they, where they are coming from. He said, Just enter the church. So that people will see you. Because you came in and knelt down, they will not think you're spiritual. Just don't work like that. So my sister said, you are wicked. She said, ah, what kind of thing is that? Say, now, now, now. They even wait to hear anything. 
They are ready. I have already attacked the spirit. You finish abusing somebody at the gate. Look at you. Come on, get out of the way. No, no, no. Then you just enter. Oh, that bull shut up. No, no, no. Don't be like that. <laughs> so you cannot cast out your friends. You can't cast out your cousins. You live in the same house. They know where you're. I'm not talking to you. I'm just saying. They know where you're coming from. That's why they say, who, who is this one? If it's dad, uh, our dad, dad will say, fine. You know, someone in the Bible tried to do that to a man of the spirit. It didn't work. Pharaoh, when God sent back Moses, as I mentioned that, I remembered. Moses went to Pharaoh and said, the Lord God of Israel said, let my people go. That said, that Pharaoh must have said, Moses, Moses. <laughs> See these ones that just left my, 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 my palace the other day. But he couldn't. Because that was, God, he was sent by God. He could not. This is, this one's different. This one, this, this was a new or this is the new Moses. Not the Moses that was in Egypt. Not the one that left your house. This was a, 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 a new, brand new Moses that had had an encounter with the Lord at the burning bush. And God called him and sent him back. There's a difference when God sends you. That's the difference. They can't resist you. They can only bow. Because he sent you. That's what it means to be born of the spirit. You're led by the Holy Spirit. You don't do things because everybody is doing it. In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. No, you have an encounter with him. You know him. You spend time with him. So that when he speaks to you and you come out and say it. There's, you know, I told you demons, they respond to power. They respond to authority. When you speak, they are checking. Who sent him? Who sent her? If God didn't send you, they are not listening to you. They will just overpower the person like the, the seven sons of Sceva. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Because we're, we're getting understanding. We're going from those added to the church. And we're, we're, those, we're now those added to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Paul said in, Philipp, in Philippians chapter 1 verse 27, Paul said, he said, whether I, I come to you, Philippians 4, 27, he says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the, of the gospel. They don't, have to, they don't have to come to your house for inspection. Nobody even needs to, to, to follow you home. Nobody needs to. Because you're born of the spirit. The Holy Spirit regulates your life. He tells you what to do. Somebody can check in on you accidentally. They're just passing. So they have those brothers and sisters in the church. They're the ones that used to see things and come and tell us. They'll just be passing and then they will knock on your door. They didn't plan on. 
For it's the Holy Spirit that moved them, knock on sister so-and-so's door, brother so-and-so. And then they will just come. What would they see? Pastor Nat, you were praying on, on Friday. He said it's about devotion. It's about us being totally devoted to him. So you're not afraid. Even if you're abroad, it makes no difference. It makes no difference where you are. You're a Christian. That's who you are. You represent Christ. That's who you are. It's not about where you are. It's not about the location. It's about a, a birth in the spirit. And the Holy Spirit regulates you, controls everything you do. It's not about people. Praise the Lord. So he told them, whether he comes or not, let me just be hearing of your affairs that you are standing fast. You're standing fast. That's what we want to get to. When nobody is trying to respect anybody. And as we're fasting, you know, I, I, you know when I, Pastor said, Momichi said, <laughs> that the theme of this fast is uh, the flesh must die. Let me tell you the story about that the flesh must die. If you know me well, and you know our senior pastor well, you know that you will not hear us saying this thing must die or that one must die. We don't pray those kind of prayers. They don't even come into my mind. Even if somebody is who, I don't want anybody to die. You know, I want all men saved. But I was praying. And I was praying particularly for the voice of one. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit that put those words in my mouth. They didn't come from me. Because even me, at some point, I had to look at myself. Ah, what am I saying? I knew it was not me. I was saying, this flesh must die. It must die. It must die. It's not a human being. No. It's a flesh. So when I finished praying, as I was praying, I received that we should fast. The voice of one, not the church. I received that we should go on a fast for one week. Only that when I mentioned it, I prayed. I said, Lord, touch the senior pastor's heart because I also sense that the joy force should fast or the church should fast. But you know, pastor is a spiritual man. You can't tell him something and he will do it. So when he tells you who, he does what the wife says. It's not true. He only does what I say if the Holy Spirit confirms it to him. I'm telling you. I'll be talking to as much as he loves me. doesn't do what I say. Oh, please. Only when it has to do with take juice, um, take fresh juice. Uh, well, even that one self, he does not listen to me. He's here. Sometimes I'll tell him, you can't eat this, don't eat this. He say, mm, ah, what is it? You, you go and eat that. I know some wives here that they will tell their husband, this is what you're eating, this is what you're eating. They will eat, that's what they eat. Is who chayan will hear? Is He's here now. Chichi will say, honey, that's this is what we're eating. Is that not what you eat, Uche? That's what you eat. Pastor Onai said, eh. The other day I forced him, I made some concoction with chicken, gave him. He called me how many times? Because he was in the office, there was nothing he could do. He called me, said, this thing you gave me today, eh. Just lamenting. So back to what I was saying. I only have two minutes left. was I saying? Aha, the fast. Thank you. So, <laughs> the flesh must die. Right. And so, I finished praying and then I took my, my Bible and I, I was to read Colossians chapter 3 that day. And I read through. And I saw in Colossians 3 where it said, put to death your members 
picture on earth. The first one I saw was mortify the flesh. I said, ah, what's even the meaning of mortify the flesh? Because to me, mortify means kill. I didn't know mortify was subdue. I took my dictionary. I saw subdue. I said, let's read, but why were you telling me that the, as if the theme is the flesh must die? But mortify doesn't mean death. As if he said, read again. When I now read, I started again from the top. I saw put to death your members which are on the earth. They started to name them fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, blah, 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 blah. And then I knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. All I just needed was for the Holy Spirit to minister to pastor and then we'll get on with it. Now, I mentioned the fast because I know that there, are one, there may be a few people who are not fasting, maybe for medical reasons. It's okay. But if it's not for medical reasons, you should fast. We still have one week. You should join the fast. You should join the fast if you're not fasting. You need it. You need it. If you're not fasting, it means that your confidence is in the flesh. Because if your confidence is in the spirit of God, you will allow the Holy Spirit to help you to do it. When we finished the one week, the first week, which was the one I received, because I was telling pastor, I say, I beg. It's 21 days, it's too long. He said, no, 21 days. Maybe he told you before I, I tell him. He doesn't listen to me. He said, it's 21 days. I said, pastor, please. I said, one week was what I received. He said, no, that's what you received. Me, I received 21 days. After one week, I went to him. I told him, I said, come. Me, I'm tired of this fast. I'm hungry. He laughed at me. He said, you're hungry. There's nothing you can do. You have to keep fasting. Then on, was it Thursday, pastor? Just came out of his, his prayer chambers. Just said, you are ministering on Sunday. Ah. As soon as he said it, strength came to fast. <laughs> Yesterday, I didn't eat till about, I think it was almost to eight. Did I remember food? In fact, my little girl in the house, she kept saying, ah, mommy, what's going on here? She entered the room, the room will be dark. Only my iPad, that's where the light is coming from. What is, what's happening to this woman? I'm sure she'll not be saying, okay, maybe that's why. Hunger left. I didn't even remember food. I didn't remember food. If pastor says to you now you are ministering next Sunday, is it that fasting that you have not been fasting? You will start fasting immediately. You will see that you can do it. You can do it. When your confidence is in the spirit of God, there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't do. Absolutely nothing you can't do. Praise the Lord. Fortunately, I've not even gone anywhere. My time is gone. And I'm always telling pastor, pastor, your messages are too long. See me now. But I, I want to say this, please. I'll just mention a few. The second thing, remember, this is just number one. The first one. The second characteristic of, characteristic of the second one, 
is that they are pure in heart. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, it said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Only the pure in heart shall see God. Only the pure in heart shall see God. The Bible says that God is of purer eyes than to behold iniquity. So if your heart is not pure, you cannot see God. Do you know that God, God, the way God sees, you know, if you're talking now, God is not listening to what you're saying as much as he's listening to what your heart is saying. So that I can see you now and look at Pastor Law and say, wow, Pastor Law, I like your, your kaftan. Meanwhile, in my heart, I'm, maybe I'm saying, what type of uh, uh, oversized kaftan is this one now? But I'm saying, oh, very nice. He's hearing what I'm saying. God is hearing the one in my heart. That's why your heart has to be pure. The Lord sent the prophet Samuel to the house of, of Jesse. And he said, go, there's someone there for you to, you know, one of his sons. That's my chosen, that's the person I've chosen to replace King Saul. And the moment he arrived and Eliab, the, 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 the Akwobi son of Jesse came out. He just looked at him, he said, that is the Lord's anointed. I believe it's 2 Samuel chapter 6, I'm not sure. He said, that's the Lord's anointed. And God said, I've not chosen him he told him, he said, you men, you look on the outward. I'm, I'm an image and etiquette consultant. Yes, we teach you to package yourself very well. But God is not looking at our packaging. It's human beings. He says, I, God, look at the heart. I don't see the way men see. So what matters is what's happening in your heart. One that is born of the spirit of God, your heart has to be pure. You can't afford to bear a grudge against anyone. I, I, I said I wanted to, to, to look at the meaning of, you know, to what it means to bear a grudge. It says to have and maintain a feeling of anger, bitterness or resentment towards someone for something they did, especially a wrong that you think they committed against you. To bear a grudge. To have and maintain. Do you know what maintain, What it means to maintain something? This is your hair now. Even my husband that doesn't even have hair. He used to maintain it every Wednesday and Wednesday and, 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 and pastor, Wednesday and Saturday. He maintains his, his, his hair. His head. Let me harass pastor small the way he used to harass me. he maintains it maintenance he costs money when my brother pastor Emeka wanted to marry my mom said ah Emeka wants to get married can he maintain a woman I said what do you mean by that I said don't know that women cost money ah. to maintain that to bear a grudge you are able to maintain that feeling of anger do you know what you'll be feeding it with Every day you will remember a fresh reason why you should not forgive. You come to church and maybe the Lord, there's a, mess, a message comes. And then it's okay, my heart. 
Then you now go out and I say, hey, but that's maintaining. Maintaining. Maintenance. You keep Please, today, the Bible says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Forgive. That's assuming someone offended you. Because sometimes nobody did anything to you. Cain and Abel, what did Cain do? What did Abel do to Cain? Nothing. He just carried the sacrifice, gave. Cain gave his own. Did Abel tell God anything? Did he say, no, don't accept Cain's own? No. He didn't tell God anything. God was the one on his own that did not accept Cain's sacrifice. And then the Bible says he was, he was talking with his brother. I like the translation that says, he told him, let's go for a walk. T-E-V. He said, let's go for a walk. And then that's how he killed him. He didn't even do anything to him. But I want you to see a man in scripture. Please open with me to Acts chapter 7. Let's see a man who was pure in heart. Acts chapter 7, verse 57 to 60. This, 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 um, this um, passage is talking about Stephen. Stephen was one of the, um, the uh, deacons. He had been, you know, they had laid hands on them in, in Acts chapter 6. Um, Stephen, Philip, and the rest of them. Okay? And then Philip got up and began to preach powerfully. And then in verse 57, you know, they, they were Jews that didn't, they didn't want to hear what he was saying. It says, then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. 58. It says, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witness laid down their, their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. That's this one that is now Paul. It says, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I think if you back up, you will see that because I said um, that they, they have a pure heart and, and Matthew chapter 5, it says that um, blessed are the, are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Stephen, Stephen was a man that had purity of heart. As they were stoning him, Stephen was beholding Christ. And Jesus was not sitting. You know, the Bible says that he sits at the right hand of the father. He was standing and also beholding Stephen. And Stephen said to him, he says, don't lay this charge against them. What did he do? He stood and he preached the gospel. If you can see Jesus, you'll forgive people. Will forgive. You will forgive. You will forgive. No matter what they've done to you, you will forgive. When our Lord Jesus as well, when he was hanging between the two thieves in Luke chapter 23, he also said, Father, forgive them. He says, they don't know what they're doing. When someone does, you know, there's a, there's a kind of wickedness that somebody would, would just do against you. You will know that this person doesn't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. 
And so you receive grace. Do you know that forgiveness is for you? Do you know that it's for you? Forgive us our trespasses as, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then in the epistle, it says that forgive as God in Christ forgave you. It says that God commended his love towards us in that while we, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he forgave us in advance. And that's what the Bible expects us to do. The circumcision who worship God in the spirit. We're not like any other person because what is happening now is that we have so-called Christians, but they are still, we are still, let me not say they are we, we're still very much in the flesh. The flesh is still very much alive because we can brag about how with this person and then I told them off and then I washed him. I was, those are not things that heaven doesn't celebrate such things. So it's only here they'll be like, hey, you are too much. Heaven will be like, yeah, this one's not even started. We'll give her milk. Give her milk. You gave her bone before. Doesn't understand. Give her milk. This one is a babe in the Lord. The Lord will help us. I will say this last one, please. There's so many, but I think I'll end with this one. The third one is that they are peacemakers. Still the same Matthew chapter 5. I think it's verse 8 and 9. Or oh, right, 8. Okay, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The next one. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I mean, I love this scripture. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Why I love it is that when the Lord gave me a revelation of what this means some time ago. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is called who? He's called the Prince of Peace. In 2 um, um, Corinthians chapter 5, I believe from verse um, 18 or 19 now, where it talks about the ministry that God has committed. It says, God was in Christ reconciling us to himself and has committed or given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's the ministry he gave us. So our job is to go around reconciling people to God. But before you can reconcile people to God, who is even far, is to reconcile people, you know, there's a broken relationship. Listen, a peacemaker eh, is not a busybody. But he or she is, does not also mind their own business too much. Does that make sense? You're not a busybody. You're not poking your nose into what doesn't concern you. However, you're like Joseph, who will look at someone and say, why so downcast, oh my, oh your soul? What's going on with you? And then they realize that you have, you're quarreling with your sister or your brother. And then they now begin to, okay, let me be an intern. What's going on? And then they reconcile. That's what peacemakers do. You don't mind your own business too much. That ah, doesn't concern you, please. Let me just stay in my lane. No, you're a son of God. Proverbs chapter 6. Let's look at it and I think I'll end there. Proverbs chapter 6. Let me let me so that we will understand how important this peacemaking is to God. 
not important to him. Okay, let me give you the verse. Because they're, you know, Christians, we, we forget. Hope I didn't miss my, um, the reference. I'll find it. Proverbs chapter 6, where it says, these six things the Lord hates. What, what verse? Is it six? Uh-uh. 16, verse 16. Thank you. 6.16. Okay. So he says, these six things the Lord hates. He says, yes, seven are an abomination to him. We're going to read the six things that the Lord hates. Because one of the, character, one of the characteristics of someone who, is, who worships God in the spirit, we said is that you're a peacemaker. Okay. And then what, what, and then, and then you love what God loves and you hate what God hates. And one of the things that God hates, you will see now. In fact, God doesn't just hate it. He calls it an abomination. Let's read the first one, a proud look. Let's be counting it. One, two, three, four, five. Six. And what's the last one? And one who sows discord among brethren. That is the seventh one that is that abomination. These six things the Lord hates. Seven, the seventh is an abomination. You know why? It scatters everything that the Lord came to do which is to reconcile people to himself. Anything that causes, in fact, that's the reason the scripture says, the Bible says that God himself said, I hate divorce. It's not because divorce will do anything to anybody. He says he doesn't like, you know, the two that were one, then you now tear them apart. He likes oneness. That's why Jesus in John chapter 17, he was praying. He said, Father, that they may be one as you and I are one. Read John chapter 17. You will see how many times Jesus prayed for the unity of the body. Then you will now begin to understand when you see that there is a quarrel between two brothers or two sisters and you don't step in as a peacemaker to reconcile them. And you say, "Ah, I'm just minding my own business. Or you go and lean on one side. against this one or you go to this one you go and tell them this is what this person said and then that one is boiling that's it take it easy then you go to this one can you imagine the other day look at what she said then that one just said "Mm, it is well you it's an abomination to God it's an abomination to God In Christianity, pastor told us recently, you only stand on God's side. There's no other side. When that angel of the Lord came, what did Joshua ask him? Are you for us? He said, nay. He said, I've come as a messenger of the Lord. Anybody who's doing the will of God, that's where I am. I'm not on anybody's side. 
a Christian is supposed to stand on the word of God. And then you're supposed to reconcile people. Do you have friends who know that, you know, you have three friends. And then they know, or maybe two. Or one person is friend to two people that are fighting. And they never reconcile. But she is close to this one. And then she's close to you. That person is a child of the devil. I'm sorry to say. Because you're close to this one. And you're close to this one, the other one. But they are not talking to each other. So what's the essence of you being in the middle? You're supposed to bring them together. Bring them together. That's what a child of God does. But anyone who encourages discord, the Bible says it's an abomination because he came to reconcile us to himself. That ministry of reconciliation, that is, that's the only, that is the main reason you and I are on planet earth. To reconcile men to God. Look at our theme. Those who turn many to righteousness, they shall be called stars forever. Is this something we've started practicing? Or are we waiting for an event? Are we waiting for an event? Why? I know we're planning special numbers that we're going to sing. Different departments are planning different things that we're going to do. But have we thought about the theme itself? What does it mean? What am I doing with that theme? In my local assembly, how many people have I tried to reconcile? Because I can see. The other day, see told me, she said, Momchi, please don't be offended. And she mentioned something to me. I told her, no. I was, I was very happy. Because the Holy Spirit had ministered it to me. And that was a confirmation. When she told me. I said, thank you. I, I did it. What I was supposed to do. That's what we should do as Christians. So we do it internally. Before we can do it externally. If there's anybody you know today. That is fighting with someone. Or it's even you yourself. And you are fighting with somebody. You cannot be planning stars forever. I hope we know. You can't be planning. You can't be planning it. If there's anybody. Even in the church now. That you people are not. You're not speaking. To, to each other. You need to settle that. Those are the. Basics of Christianity. They say that charity begins at home. You can't go out and be doing good. Whereas in the household of faith, where the Bible says you should do good to all men, especially to those of the household of the faith. You've not finished. You want to go out. No. We need to start here. This charity, this love we want to go out to spread on the 20th needs to begin from today. Is there anybody that you're holding, you're bearing a grudge. The person may not be in the father's church. Maybe your brother. Maybe your sister. He may be your friend. As a child of God, you need to be the peacemaker. You need to be the one. There was one time that Pastor Nina came and people were sharing testimonies. Big, big testimonies. And she stood on the altar and she blessed God. That she reconciled with her in-laws. Is that not it? Yeah, they had fought them for years. But as a child of God, her testimony was that 
there's peace, finally. She didn't come out to share that she, she bought a jet. As exciting as, 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 as that is. But what gave her joy was that she had peace of mind. Because it matters that you have peace with God and you have peace. The peace of God. Peace with God and the peace of God. And the peace of God, peace with God is when you give your life to Christ. Peace of God is that you know that every day you check your heart. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. There's no space in your heart to put people in different compartments of your heart. Your heart is too precious for it. Your heart is too tender to carry those things. When people, they say that most times when people have certain diseases, they should check and ask them, is there anybody that they're holding in unforgiveness? They should make peace. And usually the moment they make peace, they're free. Let's rise. Bible says, pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I want to see the Lord. I don't know about you. I really want to see the Lord. I want to see the Lord. I want to see the Lord. So I must pursue peace. I must pursue peace. I must love the things that the Lord loves. God hates division. He says he hates it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. So because he doesn't like it, I don't like it. Whatever he doesn't like, I don't like. And if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. Let us pray that the Lord would help us. Let us pray that the Lord will baptize us afresh with the Holy Spirit. Dikin Raj, the prayer he, he prayed, the last prayer he prayed this morning was a prayer that I received also this morning as I was praying. Isaiah chapter 11. Because I was asking the Holy Spirit, I don't even know what to pray. And he just dropped that scripture. Isaiah 11. This is 2 to 3. It says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord says his delight is in the fear of the Lord and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Let us pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit for everyone here. We want to be the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Rejoicing in Christ Jesus having no confidence in the flesh. The things of the flesh we're not proud of them. We don't brag about them. We only brag about knowing him. Lord, baptize us afresh with the spirit of wisdom. Please, can we open up our mouth and pray? With the spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Let our delight be in the fear of the Lord. Not in what we think that we can do on our own. Not in our flesh. But in the Lord. Let it be our delight. To please him. To do what he says do. To go where he says go. 
That if God speaks to me, the songwriter says, when your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart, I'll agree. I'm not too strong. I'm not too strong for you, Lord. You can break me. You can bend me. You can mold me. I'm not too, I'm, I've not arrived. I'm still your child. I say, yes, Lord, yes. With my whole heart. And my answer will be. Will be yes. I don't know what the Lord is saying to you. But you need to say yes to him. It's getting out of hand. It's lingered for too long. You're a child of God. You did not just come to church. You came to Jesus. You can't carry on like this forever. You can't. You've dwelt too long on this mountain. You need to move. It's time to make progress. To your will and to your way. Quiet. you to sing it with conviction. Born of the Spirit. With my whole heart, and my answer will be, will be yes, Lord, yes, I say yes to your will. Trust you and obey you. When your spirit speaks, with my whole heart and my answer will be, will be yes. One more time, I say yes to you, Jesus. Your will. I will trust you. With my whole heart. And my answer will be. Will be. Psalm 133, I want us to read it together. And we just um, 
declare it over the Father's church. Psalm 133. It's very short. Three verses. 133. 133. Okay, let's read it together. Everybody. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. May the Lord bless the father's church. I need you to declare it over the father's church, the blessing of the Lord over the father's church. Declare it. May the Lord bless the father's church. May the Lord bless every man, every woman, every child in this assembly. As we all begin to walk in unity and we love from a pure heart. The blessing of the Lord rests mightily upon us from this day onwards until forever. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you have been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center off Banex Guarampa Expressway near next Cash and Carry Abuja 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday. Call us on 070-31588-404 You can also find us online on our website, www.thefatherschurchonline.org. Facebook, facebook.com slash thefatherschurch. Our Twitter handle, at tfatherschurch. Also on Instagram, thefatherchurch. God bless you.